the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome in, Cowboy fans, to another edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad you are with me on this Wednesday as we roll on toward Oklahoma State and Kansas on Saturday. The Pokes uh, on the basketball court will head to College of Charleston tonight, uh, a game that's expected to be pretty close. Oklahoma State only a four-point favorite in that one. We will get into that as we continue here. We'll talk Bryce Thompson, Cade Cunningham, as today is the first day of the early signing period. Go ahead and head over to Twitter. Follow me at Colby J. Powell and at Locked on Pokes. Tweet me all your thoughts, uh, questions about Oklahoma State, whatever it may be. And go ahead and take the time to rate and subscribe this podcast as well. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. Nobody else does it like Locked On does it, uh, covering you MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, and college sports. And I'm thrilled to be Locked On Pokes. All right, let's dive right in with the breaking news yesterday. Uh, it's been a little more than 24 hours now, so it's no longer breaking. But I got the podcast out yesterday, and then Bryce Thompson announced his commitment, and he announced that he would be committing to the University of Kansas. Obviously, for a lot of Oklahoma State fans, this was very disappointing with the get of Cade Cunningham. You really hope that you would be able to land Bryce Thompson as well. Didn't work out that way. Uh, to Oklahoma State fans, credit. I did not see anyone on Twitter bashing Bryce Thompson or wishing him harm uh, the way that Kentucky fans did when Cade Cunningham committed to Oklahoma State. Now, I, I may have missed it, and if I did, uh, I apologize, but, but I don't think that I saw anything that was much different than what Coach Boynton tweeted out yesterday at 10.07. He said, congrats to that young man and his family. Loved having the opportunity to build a strong relationship with all of them, a special group of people, and we wish them all the best, except maybe twice a year. And, and I think that that is the right sentiment and just pure class from Mike Boynton. One of the reasons that Oklahoma State fans love him and have taken to him so much uh, is because of the class way in which he handles things. So Bryce Thompson will be headed to Lawrence to be a Kansas Jayhawk. And, and while I understand Oklahoma State fans – I understand the disappointment for not having him be a Cowboy. You really thought that maybe you could add something really special with Cade Cunningham, Rondell Walker, and Bryce Thompson. Oklahoma State basketball is still on good footing. Now, yes, if you would have landed Bryce Thompson, one of the best high school scorers in the country, pair him with Cade Cunningham, now you're talking about a team that can maybe commit contend for a national championship and is one of the best teams in the country. But Oklahoma State basketball – is going to be just fine. And uh, the, the Big 12 as a whole, whenever it comes to basketball, is going to be phenomenal because the Big 12 has been a really good basketball conference, bordering on an elite basketball conference over the last handful of years. And now you've got Kansas, who quite frankly really needed Bryce Thompson because with everything going on with the FBI investigation up there, they had not landed a uh, five-star since the class of 2018, and this is now the class of 2020. Rarely is there a gap between Kansas landing five-stars. We all know that. So they needed Bryce Thompson. Texas Tech 
landed one of the highest rated recruits in the country in Oklahoma State with Kate Cunningham and Rondell Walker. We're going to get some serious basketball being played in the Big 12 next year and over the next couple of years. And what you hope, especially for Oklahoma State with Mike Boynton and what he's trying to build, you hope that this snowballs and that it's just one on top of another on top of another and you keep bringing in high-level players and they want to be a part of what's happening at Oklahoma State. Part of that is fans showing up, being in Gallagher-Iba Arena, and, and letting recruits know this is the atmosphere that you get to play in. And, and hopefully it won't take until next year when Cade Cunningham shows up to get some of that. Hopefully the fans show up and show out for this year's team that has three starting seniors on it who have been phenomenal for Oklahoma State. So Mike Boynton is really trying to build something. Cade Cunningham, a big part of that. Cade Cunningham today did sign his national letter of intent, so he is no longer just committed. He has signed to Oklahoma State. Cade Cunningham is a cowboy, which is uh, incredibly exciting. I, I cannot wait for next basketball season to see what he looks like, see what Rondell Walker looks like. Uh, I will up- update the Marcus Watson situation. Marcus Watson, remember, had a protective order filed against him a couple of weeks ago in still. Pardon me. In Stillwater, um, the DA is not going to press any criminal charges. Now, that does not mean that Marcus Watson is, you know, in the clear and can rejoin the Oklahoma State basketball program. He still has a court date coming up, I believe, next week, maybe the week after. I think it's next. I think it's the week after next. Uh, he has a court date to determine what happens with the protective order. Um, and then he also could potentially face a Title IX investigation with Oklahoma State University. So Marcus Watson, I would not expect back anytime real soon for Oklahoma State. Uh, I, I can't sit here and tell you whether I think he ever plays for Oklahoma State. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I don't think any of us have enough information about his situation to make that determination. But We'll, uh, we'll keep you updated if anything else breaks with Marcus Watson. I, I have no opinions on it, but that's what we know right now. Court date here in a couple weeks, a potential Title IX investigation, and then we'll figure out what his standing is with Oklahoma State basketball. So uh, anyway, Oklahoma State basketball, the future looks bright. Cade Cunningham signed today. Uh, Rondell Walker, I'm not sure. Interestingly, uh, Ryan tweeted me th- th- this morning and asked, where is the best place to follow along with, with the recruiting and National Signing Day and all these things. And, um, man, it, it's tough, especially with basketball with the early signing period. It just is not promoted as well as as football. Uh, and I'm looking right now on Twitter. I, I searched for Rondell Walker to see if uh, – if he signed today, I'm not seeing anything about him signing today. So, so maybe he has not yet signed the national letter of intent, but he is still going to be an Oklahoma State Cowboy. He is committed, uh, and, and he will be joining Cade Cunningham in Stillwater next year. All right, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back on the other side. It's Wednesday of game week for Oklahoma State Cowboy football, so we're going to take a look inside the numbers with Oklahoma State and Kansas. We've got all the team statistics. I will let you know, uh, Yeah, I mean, yikes. Some of these stats on the Kansas side. I mean, Oklahoma State, kind of in the middle. Some of these on the Kansas side, an absolute big-time yike. So we'll talk about all that. Follow me on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked On Pokes. We'll be back here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad you are with me. Hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on 
Pokes, uh, I'm excited for this weekend's game. Obviously, after a bye week, uh, and not to mention the fact Les Miles coming back into town. Kansas a little more formidable than they've been in the past. So let's dive right in here on a Wednesday, taking a look at the numbers on each side. As you know, I'll be honest, whenever I started diving into the numbers and I looked at all these last night and kind of got all these pulled together, I was expecting a little better on the Kansas side just in terms of, of ranking across the board uh, where they fall in statistically, and I don't really know why. Uh, you know, they had the win over Boston College, the win over Texas Tech, they lost to College of Charleston, uh, and then they won the one other game probably against an FCS opponent uh, the first week of the season. I, I don't know why. You know, we, we have this image. Uh, they almost beat Texas. They beat Texas Tech. So there is certainly a level of improvement when it comes to the Kansas Jayhawks. But the improvement's not that drastic whenever you look at where they rank statistically. Now, they've been in a couple games in conference, but let's look at the numbers and see what the numbers tell us. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Passing offense, trying to see if either team has an advantage. Uh, no. Big fat no on the passing offense. Oklahoma State ranked 70th in the country in passing. Kansas ranks tied for 71st in the country in passing. They're about a yard apart, 232 for Oklahoma State, 231 for the Kansas Jayhawks. What's actually interesting is considering kind of the mop-up duty Drew Brown has gotten, Carter Stanley has actually thrown for more yards this season than Spencer Sanders has. Spencer Sanders has thrown for 1,897 yards, whereas Carter Stanley has thrown for 2,015 yards. So 118 more yards through the air for Carter Stanley, but pretty negligible in the passing game. It's Look, it's still... To me, a little bit concerning, especially with no Tylen Wallace going forward, that Oklahoma State sits at 70th in the country in passing offense. It's just not something uh, that we're used to seeing from Oklahoma State. This is an electric offense that can light you up through the air. Uh, it's been that way for a decade plus now. It's been a little bit different this year. It's, it's definitely been much more of a ground attack for Oklahoma State which is where we come to now, and this is where Oklahoma State is going to have a huge advantage over almost everyone they play. Really the only team on their schedule that they don't have that massive advantage over when it comes to running the ball is Oklahoma. You look at the the rushing offense for Kansas. Kansas ranks 78th in the country at 153.8 yards per game for, for the team. Chuba Hubbard has 1,604 rushing yards. It doesn't have it up here. Let's do a real quick. 1,604 with me divided by nine. Chuba Hubbard is averaging 178.22 rushing yards per game. So he is averaging about 25 more yards per game than Kansas is as a team. You throw in about the other 90 yards per game that Oklahoma State gets from Spencer Sanders, L.D. Brown, et cetera, the jet, jet sweeps and stuff, to Dylan Stoner. Oklahoma State now ranks ninth in the country in rushing offense. Dipped a little bit because of the bye week. That kind of evens things out for everyone. Ninth in the country in rushing at 267.7 yards per game on the ground. And, and this is where Oklahoma State is just going to be able to throttle Kansas. It is strength against weakness when it comes to the Oklahoma State uh, rushing offense and the Kansas rushing defense. Kansas is 84th in the country in pass yards allowed. But when you go down to rushing, Kansas is 126th in the country in rushing defense. They're allowing 235.3 yards per game. And that's against teams not like Oklahoma State. Yes, they've played Oklahoma. Oklahoma ran for a bunch of yards on them. Other than that, it's been, you know, Texas and Texas Tech and Kansas State, and they are getting torched on the ground. So I would expect Oklahoma State, Chuba Hubbard and Spencer Sanders both to run for a ton of yards. I would imagine we see some L.D. Brown this weekend too. 
Look, I know everyone is very in- invested in the Chuba Hubbard for Heisman campaign. Um, letting you know right now, he's not going to win the award. He probably won't be in New York. If Oklahoma State were to win out, maybe he can get there. He, he can backdoor a trip to New York. But uh, Joe Burrow is a near lock to be in New York. Uh, Justin Fields, I would have to assume, is going to be in New York at the end of the season. So it's going to be tough for Chuba Hubbard. Uh, you know, if Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State in the final game of the season, Jalen Hurts will probably be in New York. Now, Chuba Hubbard should win the Doak Walker Award, which goes to the best running back in the country uh, every year, and we'll have a chance at some other national awards too for Player of the Year type things. But the Heisman, as we've talked about previously, it is not built for someone like Chuba Hubbard. It's built for someone like Joe Burrow and Justin Fields. So that, that's just kind of what that award is. All that to say... This Saturday, if Oklahoma State is in control of this game, I would really like to see Chuba Hubbard touch the ball about 15 times, and I'd like to see L.D. Brown touch it about 25 times. And I know that that sounds, um, you know, contrary to, to what you would think with Oklahoma State, but Chuba Hubbard has rushed the ball 236 times this year. He's got nine receptions. That's 245 touches already with three games remaining. I mean, even off of a bye week, the guy's only human. I mean, he's touching it 27 times a game. I would rather, if possible, him touch it a little less against Kansas because you're in control of the game and have a lead, and then maybe next week against West Virginia if you need more Chuba Hubbard. He's a little more fresh. Certainly in two weeks against Oklahoma when you are going to need more Chuba Hubbard, He's a little more fresh. I'm more concerned about making sure he still has some legs for that last game of the season against OU than I am about him rushing for 350 against Kansas. If you're in control of the game and he's got 15 carries for 160 yards, get him out of there and let LD Brown do some work. So we'll see if Oklahoma State elects to do that uh, this weekend. Red zone offense, both of these teams, uh, pretty good. And this is actually Kansas' highest ranking across the board. Any of the numbers that I looked at, Kansas ranks 15th in the country in red zone offense. They score 92% of the time when they get into the red zone. Now, that's either a touchdown or a field goal. They score 92% of the time. Oklahoma State, 91%. They're tied for 22nd in the country. But what I like to look at is touchdown percentage because I think red zone scoring percentage can be misleading. You can get to the 15-yard line stall out, have to kick a field goal every single time. And if you make 100% of those field goals and don't turn the ball over, you'll be 100% from the red zone. And you'll be losing because you're still settling for three instead of scoring seven. So Kansas scores a touchdown when they get in the red zone 64% of the time. Oklahoma State, 60.6% of the time. And we know that that has been a weak spot for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State against TCU got inside TCU's 10 one time, did not score a touchdown. But Chuba Hubbard had a 92-yard touchdown run, so Oklahoma State was able to score from inside their own 10, but not from inside TCU's 10. They've really, really had trouble getting into the end zone in goal-to-go situations. So that's something to watch on Saturday against Kansas. If they get down there, can they improve on that against a lesser opponent and uh, maybe build some confidence in that area, both from an offensive and from a play-calling standpoint? Uh, Whenever it comes to scoring offense, Oklahoma State, T17 in the country, 37 points per game. Kansas averages just a shade under 26 points 
per game, which ranks 88th in the country. That should come as no surprise. We know Oklahoma State is a better team than Kansas. Uh, Kansas is actually better on third down than Oklahoma State is. Kansas converts on third down 41.4% of the time to Oklahoma State's 40.7. Neither of those fall in the top 50 in the country. But what, what catches my eye is Kansas' third down defense. Kansas' third down defense is brutal, 129th in the country. I don't know if y'all have looked into how many teams get ranked in these deals. 130 teams in D1. They're 129th in the country in third down conversion percentage. Defense, they allow the opponent to pick up third downs 53% of the time. It's almost unfathomable to let your opponent convert more than half of their third downs. Oklahoma State, not great defensively on third down. They're tied for 59th in the country on third down conversion percentage defense, and they still only allow opponents to pick it up 38.1% of the time. So Oklahoma State, you would expect to be able to have some success on third down based on what other teams have been able to do on third down against the Jayhawks. Uh, Penalty yards per game, basically a wash. 55 for Oklahoma State, 54 for Kansas. Oklahoma State 70th in the country in penalty yards per game. That actually means that they've improved in that aspect because – if you'll remember a few weeks ago, as we've done this throughout the season, Oklahoma State was barely inside the top 100 in fewest penalty yards per game. Another area in which Oklahoma State has improved is in turnover margin, and they still rank tied for 97th in the country in turnover margin. Oklahoma State is negative 0.44 turnovers per game, but that is a uh, drastic improvement. You look at what they did against TCU a couple of weeks ago, forcing Max Duggan into three interceptions, recovered a fumble as well, Brock Purdy with the three interceptions for Iowa State. So Oklahoma State has been doing a much better job forcing the other team to turn the ball over and taking advantage of that when they do. Kansas not inside the top 100 in uh, – in turnover margin, negative 0.56 per game, T106. You just look at these on Kansas' side, 55th, 129th, 66th, T71, 84, 83, 126, 110, 106. All this to paint the picture for you, Kansas is a bad football team. Kansas ranks in the bottom half of almost every category, offensively and defensively. They rank outside the top 100 in third down conversion percentage defense, rushing defense, scoring defense, turnover margin. They rank outside the top 80 in passing yards allowed, red zone defense, uh, what else, team sacks, scoring offense. Oklahoma State averages more than two sacks per game. Kansas averages 1.7 sacks per game. Kansas is a bad football team. And while I do think Les Miles will have them ready to play, I I just think if this game is even competitive at all, it is such an indictment of the coaching staff's ability to prepare its team for lesser opponents because this is what we've seen now for two years. This is a bad Kansas Jayhawk football team. They're near the bottom of the country in every single statistic, offensively and defensively. And Oklahoma State has struggled against poor teams. They don't come out ready to play. They let a lesser opponent get an early lead or feel like they should be in the game. And then you're in a dogfight all day long. And Oklahoma State has lost a bunch of those games as favorites over the last couple of years. That cannot happen Saturday against Kansas. A a, a competitive game, a, a loss against the Jayhawks, simply unacceptable. And this coaching staff cannot allow that to happen. They need to go out and they need to beat Kansas 52-24, and they need to move on to West Virginia. This should be a cakewalk, and they should steamroll the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, do I feel 
confident telling you to take Oklahoma State and lay the point 17? No, I don't, based on Oklahoma State's inability to go out and just roll lesser opponents the past couple seasons. We'll see how it all breaks down on Saturday. I want to remind everyone about Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Use the code Locked on, all caps, one word, locked on at manscaped.com. All right, need to take a break, come back on the other side. We'll talk about tonight's game for the Pokes against College of Charleston as Mike Boynton and the Cowboys hit the road for what should be a good one. Stay with me here on Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Locked On Pokes. I am your host, Colby Powell. Glad you're with me on this Wednesday. Send me all your thoughts on the game against Kansas this weekend. What are you expecting from Oklahoma State? I I don't want to know what you hope happens. Are you expecting Oklahoma State to go out and uh, get a three-touchdown lead early and cruise to the finish line? Or Or are you expecting Oklahoma State to once again struggle against a lesser opponent that they should go out and beat by 40? Uh, Let me know. At Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes. All right, we need to talk a little basketball because Oklahoma State has a good one tonight against the Charleston Cougars. Uh, College of Charleston in South Carolina. Now, not a big reason for you to know uh, much about this program, but if you'll remember, Oklahoma State did play College of Charleston last year in the non-conference. Oklahoma State won that game 70-58 to in Stillwater. So they beat the same team by 12 points, and you would expect Oklahoma State to go win this game tonight against Charleston. Uh, first trip on the road for the Cowboys, took care of business at home against ORU and then against UMKC, although they weren't overly impressive in either one of those games. They did what needed to be done. They went out. They got the win, but now they take to the road to, to face a 2-0 and Charleston Cougar team. Charleston's beaten South Carolina upstate, obviously not not great, 74-55, and then they beat Georgia State 84-80 to on Saturday. So they scored 74 and 84 points in the first two games. So this team will be able to score a little bit. This is, uh, you know, this is not an ORU or a UMKC. This is a team that, that won 24 games a year ago. Uh, you know, 24-9 and last year. Played Oklahoma State tough. I actually remember that game a year ago. They, they played Oklahoma State tough before Oklahoma State pulled away at the end. Uh, so, so I would expect this to be a competitive game. Yeah, last year Oklahoma State led that game 30-27 to 27 at halftime. And what I find really interesting, and you, you can call me a numbers nerd if you want to, Oklahoma State is a four-point favorite in this game over College of Charleston. And I, I see that line there at four. And if I'm a casual better, I look at that line and I think, wow, a program like Oklahoma State just landed the second overall player in the country. They've got seniors. They've got this exciting head coach. They're going to blow College of Charleston out of the water. The line's only four all day. Give me, give me the line at four. Now, that is, uh, that is what Vegas wants you to think. And lines like these make me nervous. College of Charleston only being a four-point dog, that makes me nervous because this line feels like it should be nine and a half, 11 and a half, closer to what the number was last year when these two teams played. The fact that it is only four, I don't know. I don't know. Cade Cunningham signed today. You had that distraction. You had the distraction of waiting for Bryce Thompson's uh, commitment to come down the pipe yesterday. 
I just don't know. Four-point spread. Uh, I think that this will be a, a good game tonight between Oklahoma State and the College of Charleston. What I'm really looking forward to is the fact that this game is on CBS Sports Network, which means I can record it, which is great. Uh, so today... Today is not my wife and I's anniversary. Uh, we were married in June on June 13th. That is our wedding anniversary. But my wife and I started dating eight years ago today at Oklahoma State. Uh, so we're going to go out. We're going to have a nice dinner tonight and uh, spend the night together. So I will not be watching this game live, but I'll be able to go back and rewatch before I do tomorrow's podcast, see what Oklahoma State looked like against the College of Charleston. So again, CBS Sports Network. Uh, I, I don't know. I know on, on DirecTV, that's either 220 or 221. I'm going to pull it up here in just a few minutes, make sure that I have it set to record tonight. Uh, I think that Oklahoma State will win this game. I do think it will be close. I think Oklahoma State wins by single digits. I don't know by exactly how much, but I think they win by single digits. Uh, you, you look at Oklahoma State, four guys right now through two games, averaging in double figures with likely Anae McGriff and Lindy Waters, Keelan Boone just a hair below at nine points per game. It'll be interesting to see how long it takes Thomas DeZagua to get heated up. Remember, he had the uh, the zero-point output, only took one shot attempt on Saturday against UMKC, and uh, he's averaging four points per game right now, so how long will it take him to get going? Uh, we'll, we'll see as the season progresses. I'm not worried about Thomas DeZagua. He's a sharpshooter. He'll get it figured out. Hopefully, Oklahoma State takes care of business tonight against College of Charleston. All right. That is all for today. Glad everyone was with me. Get on Twitter right now, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes. Uh, also, subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you are listening. Thank you once again for listening to another edition of Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.